0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Joining us now, live from Red Sox Spring Training, Tom Karen, TC over at Nessun. How are you? Doing well, Brady. How you doing? I'm doing well as well. I got a lot of things that I'm upset about with the Red Sox, but let's start with a piece of good news. This morning, Brian Bayo indicated to reporters that uh, seems like there's some serious momentum towards a, a potential contract extension. What are you hearing?
1: Yeah, same. Uh, that they're they're creeping in on it, and it's close. And you know, better than what we heard earlier in the week with Casas. There's, you know, there's so many levels of what this organization needs to do to get where they want it, to get where they want to be, and and you know, to to build the sustainable contender we talk about. And while so much has been attention has been paid this year, what they're doing and not doing this year. It's really important to lock up these young guys for the future. And the, the key is Bayo as a starter. I think Casas as a position player. We get into, you know, uh, uh, R- 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 Rafaela later and whatnot. But, but getting one of those guys locked up would be great. And Bayo is probably the most important young starting pitcher right now.
0: Bayo already has five years of team control left. So I was doing a little rudimentary contracting in my head earlier today. Seven years, 70 million. That seemed like a fair starting point.
1: Yeah, it seems like a fair starting point. I'm guessing it would be a little north of that. If i Bayo, I'm, I'm going to, you know, because you start doing the arbitration numbers, they go up quickly for starting pitchers. Now, again, so much of it depends on health. And we know pitchers are always one throw away from an elbow issue, and, and that can lose a year off your arbitration uh, value. But yeah, I, I think you're in the ballpark. I think you know it goes from there. Probably goes up a little bit from there. Uh, but that you know, and that's why when you start doing the Casas thing, what did he find not enticing the other day? Well, I mean, was it that? Was it more than that? You know, if they are if they are worlds apart in what the player wants and what the team is offering, uh, then then you know you've got a case where one guy's uh, perceived value is is very different from what the team believes.
0: When it came to Casas, who again we heard over the weekend that. They've talked about a contract extension, but nothing really good to him.
1: Nothing enticing, which in, are the two words that will hang over this camp for a little while.
0: In my, I was thinking the Wander Franco 11 years for 182 was kind of my starting point for that, but working down a little bit from that. Like I, I was thinking a little less money than the Wander Franco deal, but that's kind of where I was at least starting from there.
1: I think that's high. I, if I'm the Red Sox, that's real high. I mean, the guy yeah. said one year is very good. I got to see more if I'm going to start. Now, he puts together a year like, you know, what what he could build on from last year. And, you know, when, when Alex Gore calls him the MVP of the offseason and, and see he's going to be on our show tonight sitting down with me, uh, I really think he is becoming a leader on this team. But he's got to continue to show the path. I'll be the first to say, I believe the offense went south as a team last year when he got hurt. When, when he was done at the end of the year, uh, they just didn't have that impact, that in the middle. Duran and then Gosses were the injuries that quietly kind of sunk.
0: TC, so the, the thing that frustrates me is Sam Kennedy saying the other day what we all already knew, right? Like So we go from full throttle at the Craig Breslow press conference to Breslow saying there's no financial restrictions on me to Sam Kennedy saying, yeah, actually, in fact, there's been parameters set that now Craig Breslow has been following. We knew that all along but it feels like the fan base was lied to all offseason. I don't know if I'm being cynical, but that is how I felt when I heard Sam Kennedy say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't shocked. There are always parameters, right? No organization operates in a vacuum. It's a perceived budget. It's a hard budget, whatever you want to call it. But teams plan on spending X amount. But you're right. I mean, you know, Tom Warner had said that uh, there, there's no limitations on – on what we'll spend or what we'll be willing to do to make this team better. And then you hear yesterday, no, there are parameters, and he's got to operate within them. So I was just shocked that he came out and, and said it that openly because most teams do not. Most teams say, well, you know, we'll do what it takes, and when the opportunity presents itself, and he's saying, no, there's parameters. In other words, you're going to get to a zero some point. You want to add a certain amount, you're going to have to subtract. And we've heard those rumors. He basically said that.
0: Yeah, certainly. That was frustrating for me to hear. Um, Let's talk about the Liam Hendricks deal. So Liam Hendricks signed to a two-year deal. We don't expect to see him this year, probably at all, maybe at the very end. They did the same thing with Michael Fulmer uh, earlier in the offseason. So they've already started building the 2025 bullpen, but I'm just going to assume that they're replacing Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin, who won't be here. So it feels like we're back in a neutral spot for next year. But the Red Sox, just another indication that the future seems to be more important than the now.
1: Well, I you know, I was just talking to a couple front office people about that deal. There's not a lot of downside, and 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 Hendricks doubled down again today that he believes he will be here by the end of July. That's his timeline. Twelve months is when he didn't know again. I, I don't know if that's any doctor's timeline. I, I know it's not the team's timeline, but he wants to be back by the trade deadline. That'd be 12 months on the nose. Uh, and, and, you know, if he is, what does that mean? Like, if you're in the middle of July and you think Liam Hendricks is really close, well, does that allow you to then trade, Jansen, if you haven't already, knowing that you have a, a veteran reliever who can step in? I, I, you're right. It's about next year. Palmer is certainly about next year. Uh, and, and the Hendricks deal is about next year. But if you get something out of him over the last couple of months, it does give you some flexibility with this bullpen this season.
0: TC, as usual, I think two things are true at the same time here. The John Schreiber for David Sandlin trade very well might be a good trade, right? Sandlin projects to be a fairly good pitching prospect. They need starters. Schreiber has only got one year proven to him when it wasn't last year. So that's that's true. It's probably a good move. But as someone, again, who is frustrated about this year to get rid of one of your high-leverage bullpen arms right before the season, doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, this one doesn't bother me at
1: all. Uh, it really doesn't. try I mean, I, I, you know, is a really good guy, really good clubhouse guy. He was a good reliever for this team, but he had one really good year. I mean, he was a waiver claim pickup from Detroit. 22 was really good. 23 was injured, injury filled. I mean, it's a guy you got for nothing who gave you one really good year and you turned into what most people think is a, a starting pitcher with some real high upside. He's in single A. It's a long ways away and nobody likes to see a team giving up the present for the future, but... I believe the setup role is a place where they have some potential depth. Uh, Isaiah Campbell and, and Weissert, who they got in the Yankees. Uh, you know, there's a, a few of these other guys, Slayton, who they traded for the Rule 5 draft. There's some young, hard-throwing pitchers that are going to make this bullpen. Schreiber was in, the, well, I think, one of their few positions of strength in the, in the middle relief, the late-inning relief. Uh, you, you flip that for uh, the area where you are thinnest in, and that's starting pitching with real upside. So, And most people around the game, by the way, think that was a really good trade mm. for the Red Sox. So I, I'm totally okay with it. I think people are using that to, to, to stoke the narrative that they're giving up on now and only care about the future. But you do that deal. You do that deal if you're the Dodgers right now. You do that deal every time.
0: Talk to me about Jaron Duran. We've heard he's going to bat leadoff for this team. We've heard that the Padres are extremely interested in trading for him. We focus so much on Jansen probably getting dealt. What are you hearing? What do you think about Duran's future?
1: Yeah, well, I hear there's real substance to the talks. Uh, I, I, I also know the Red Sox are asking for a lot, as they should. Uh, dynamic player. We saw him last year, right? And when when he was healthy, he was a game changer. I are talking about, you know, Top ten percentile sprint speed, uh, and 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 finally seemed to be sort of taking better routes and, and quieting things down in the outfield where the defense was getting better, uh, and he was hitting. How many singles did he turn into doubles? I you know he's a guy right now. I, he's your starting center fielder, your leadoff hitter, and and it probably allows you to give Rafael a, a little more time to develop uh, at the Triple A level uh, is my guess. Uh, but I I do think if Rafael is having a good camp. You'd have to really think about moving uh, Duran if you could get something back. Now you got you got to get what a controllable pitcher. Are they going to give you that? Uh, we'll see. But I wouldn't get rid of him just to get rid of him because I love what he did with this team last year.
0: Position players are there. Full squad workouts have started. Um, who are you most excited to see now that the entire team is together?
1: Well, I mean, the obvious—you know—what what's what's what kind of season is Rafael Devers going to have? It was interesting that he sort of uh, sounded more like a leader yesterday when he when he called up management a little bit here, uh, talking to the media. I, I think that sort of uh, shows the the growth of his voice in that clubhouse. So I'm interested to see how he and Trevor Story really work as the leaders of this team. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing Tyler O'Neill, uh, just because a guy who three years ago was a was, you know, top 10 MVP candidate, has two gold gloves, but has been injured uh, nonstop for the last couple of years. Uh, really interested to see if he can be a guy who can have a, a, a breakthrough season. Uh, and I think that's a possibility. And then Vaughn Grissom. Uh, I just think a 22-year-old, he has hit every level, everywhere he has been, including his uh, little taste of Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see him at the plate. But I'll tell you the other thing. The, the takeaway here, so, it, it, and it seems dramatic this year, these pitchers are so far ahead of where they normally are coming into these camps. We've had guys throwing, you know, up and down two innings of live BP. That's way quicker. Garrett Whitlock is going to pitch Saturday up at Sarasota against the Orioles. Told us today he's going to go two innings. Uh, which, you know, doesn't sound like the end of it, but that's your first time out. You know, Nick Pavetta's talking about I'm throwing every pitch right now like it's my last. I mean, that might be a, a, a bit much for the uh, early days of February spring training. Uh, but I, I will say these pitchers really do seem to be way ahead of where we often see pitchers uh, at this point in spring training.
0: What's going on with the uniforms? Everybody making a big deal about the MLB uniforms. They look like a a kid's Halloween costume when it comes to the lettering and numbering. Are they as bad as we're hearing? The players
1: think so. Uh, They are not thrilled uh, with either the look nor the functionality. I guess the big thing is, Kenley Jansen was talking about this, because last year at the All-Star Game they kind of tried these, and he said the biggest thing is the old uniforms were were custom fit, essentially. These are not. So they're just not quite as – form-fitting as these players would want. Uh, Zach Kelly, we'll see if he does it. Uh, He was threatening to put a little, like, uh, sticker behind his uh, thigh because he thinks you can kind of see through the fabric of the pants a little bit. He was going to work out today. (laughs) So we'll keep – I don't want to keep too close an eye on it, but we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, it's, it's, It's not coincidental. That a group of Nike people were here today in the clubhouse, and they were uh, talking to a lot of players and working. So, uh, this is a little bit of a crisis. It's a tempest in a teapot as far as fans go, uh, but the players are not thrilled with them. I can tell you that. And I, I honestly, I don't think they look that good. The names are smaller. They look almost look like a replica jersey. I, I just, I they don't look good. I don't like
0: them. TC, will you be talking to the uh, Netflix docu crew? I officially signed my
1: waiver last week, uh, which now uh, means that uh, they can use my name, image, and likeness without any uh, any compensation. Uh, I assume, right? I haven't yet. I mean, we've had casual conversations. It's, there's a guy just rolled by while I was talking to you on a Segway with this big camera rig over his head, rolling around the backfield shooting guys. Uh, it's uh, It's different. It's different, they're, uh, they're in the middle of everything and it's gonna be that way all year. But uh, yeah, I assume, I mean, I don't know, we'll see if they find me interesting enough, I'll be part of it. If not, that's like, I, I will, it was funny. Uh, Raviel Devers yesterday, Somebody asked if he was gonna be the star and he was like, no. And then, uh, and then he was uh, joking with us after that, uh, you know, Going down to the Dominican, we play those two games against Tampa Bay and the Dominican in a That's couple right. of weeks, and, and he's the big name for the Red Sox obviously. Netflix is going to be all over him for those couple <laughs> of days. So I don't think he's going to be able to get away from it.
0: TC, I got many more questions on that. We'll save them for next week. By the time we talk next week, we will have games under our belt. We'll be able to do a, talk about some stuff, dissect some things, and I'm looking forward to it. So we'll talk next week. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I got the. Uh, I'm on the mic this week. I got play by play. Lou Maloney and I will be doing the Northeastern game on Friday. I did my first play by play since I did the Northeastern hockey game in the Beanpot. So I guess I'm the Northeastern play by play guy now. Uh, but then we'll yeah, we got three this weekend. I'll be up in Sarasota to face the. Uh, 101 game winning uh, Baltimore Orioles on Saturday and then back here Sunday against the twins. so yeah that's right always you're always ready for that next step. play these games, get it going uh, and we'll see what goes on. Uh, but yeah I think I think we got Whitlock on Saturday, Bayo on Sunday. I' not a little breaking news there but it hasn't come out yet uh, but I you know it's we'll see you know time, there's been so much talk about what this team isn't uh, looking forward to getting a little glimpse of what this team is. Let's get work
0: see you're the best. We'll talk next week. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Brady. Appreciate it.